deep, y'all. I gotta get deep. <laughs> uh oh, I gotta get deep. Man, listen, I, I gotta get deep. Anyway, what's up? It's your girl Ray. What is up? How you doing? Is you good? Is you good? That's my New York. Is you good? <laughs> y'all, this is how I act in real life, okay? Oh Lord. I'm not going to cry. I promise. I'm not going to cry. Okay. Well, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed no tears. No, I'm not going to cry. Because you're not worth my tears. Ooh, 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 ooh okay so don't laugh at my singing okay so um y'all i gotta speak on <laughs> another toxic relationship and the name of this episode is dating drug dealers Dun, dun, dun. Listen, if you are listening to this episode and you are dating a drug dealer, please take the time to hear my story, to understand my story, and to leave your current situation. As someone who has dated drug dealers before, it will end bad. And I am here to tell you this from the heart. I don't care how much you are reaping from the benefits of his lifestyle. It will definitely end bad. On top of that, God is not okay with drug dealing. God is not okay with someone literally making thousands of thousands of dollars by selling drugs to folks that can possibly kill them or just ruin their lives. Now, Somehow when I said that, I could just hear somebody saying, well, they don't get it from him. They're going to get it from somebody else. Well, let it be from somebody else, okay? But how about you remove yourself from that situation? So I would not give the dates, the name, the time that I dated this drug dealer because I don't want no trouble. I don't want no trouble. And I'm not a snitch. <laughs> I'm not a snitch. So I'm going to be very, very careful in how I tell this story because I don't want to possibly put somebody or several people on blast okay so i met a guy 
um well first of all okay so i was riding with um an old best friend and she was speaking to this guy on speakerphone in the car bluetooth and he heard my voice because i believe i said something to one of the kids in the back one of her kids and he said is that uh lizzie and so i'm like who is this like who is this on the phone how does he know me like that's random and she goes yeah so he basically just starts flirting with me through the bluetooth and i didn't know who the guy was so i was like who is this dude like how does he even know me or what i look like or whatever and so he was friends with her on facebook so he saw some of the pictures that her and i took just you know just through different situations and places that we've been and so i said show me a picture of him because this guy is talking all this big stuff to me and i don't even know who he is so she showed me a picture that they took um in the club and i was like oh he he fine like <laughs> okay like yeah girl like why you was hiding him hey so okay um long story short because i'm not gonna do a whole 20 minutes speaking about our introduction <laughs> i'm not doing that um so long story short we we you know connected on facebook we started talking and it just went from there so um the very first time that i met him i wasn't really impressed <laughs> um I, I just wasn't impressed. Like I, he told me to meet him at a house in the hood. <laughs> I'm so serious. And when I got to the house, I was like, is this a trap house? Like, <laughs> This don't look right. Like what, what are we doing? <laughs> and so at the time I had like a new car. So I was like, bro, I'm about to get robbed. This dude set me up for the okie doke, you know? And I'm really thinking like this because I've dated guys like this before but it had just been a while since i've done that and so like just being at the house i was real nervous and it was like a crackhead lady outside and i was like yo i can't <laughs> this is too much so <clears throat> he came outside we met and for the first time we, you know we were talking on the phone and um i was very attracted to him and the rest is history y'all the rest is history so this is the funny part i literally had a dream about two snakes in a wheat field the very first night that i met him and it was a tall tall snake and it was a small small snake he is a tall guy he's like six six that quote unquote friend is a short girl she's like five foot i don't even think she's five foot she's like 411 and i was like hmm i wonder who these two snakes could be now keep in mind i have not had any type of snake dreams in a very long time so to suddenly meet this man and to have two a dream about two snakes the night that we meet baby when i tell you from the start 
from the very start, <laughs> God was trying to show me that this was not it. Okay, so he's like telling me that he works in this factory and he would call me on his quote unquote lunch break. And I was really under the impression that this man was hardworking, regular, good looking guy, just trying to find his way as I was myself. He was only three years younger than me. And I just assumed that him being the age that he was at the time, that he was very mature and he was just trying to hustle and come up the way that I was, but the right way, not the wrong way. So throughout our relationship, it went from me being, um, hmm. How can I describe it? It went from me being in love to me being in lust to me being more in lust to me being just a fool to me finally leaving. Okay. So I'm totally like in love with this guy, like just so stuck on him. His beautiful eyes, his his height, his everything about him was just everything to me. And he treated me like I was special. He treated me like a real girlfriend. And he would call me his future wife. And he would tell me how he wanted me to have his kids in true hood nigga fashion. And the reason why I say in true hood nigga fashion, because baby, he literally wanted all this after maybe a two weeks red flag number one. So you don't even know me like that. We've only met one time. We haven't even had sex yet. We've, uh, we're just having conversations on the phone and it's mostly you telling me your dope boy days, uh, dope boy days stories. And now all of a sudden you are falling in love with me. (laughs) no red flag number one so throughout this relationship I would have the worst dreams ever I have never ever in my life been so afraid to go to sleep because I would have dreams that were horrifying um I had a dream one time about uh, a python snake being wrapped around him and then coming and wrapping itself around me. Um, he was such a giving person, but yet it was his way of buying people's love because he did not want to expose who he truly was as a person um it became a very it was a very affectionate a very loving a very lustful relationship in the beginning and in the in the middle and towards the end he showed me who he was for real and it and it it got to a point where as long as I stuck around he was not gonna change anything about who he was Um, I started to be exposed to more of the drug dealing. 
um, I found out that the factory job was definitely a front and didn't last long. Um, I started to be exposed more to things in his world that I did not want to be exposed to. And he was okay with it. He was okay with me seeing what I was seeing. He did not care about the trauma. He did not care about what it would do to me. He just wanted to bring me into his world. He stopped caring. Um, And low key, he was kind of dumb for that because (laughs) if I was trifling like most females, it's a lot of things I could have set him up. I could have called the police. I could have did all kinds of stuff to him. But I, I mean, I'm not like that. But he stopped caring about my safety. So, okay. It was times I, I I'm trying to speak without speaking. If that makes sense. I'm going to give stories like I did in the last relationship. I'm going to give stories. So some of the common dreams that I had with this, when I was with this guy, I would have dreams about black bears dragging me underground I would have dreams about sharks. I would have dreams about werewolves. I would have dreams of, uh, I had a very, 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 very real dream where him and I, we were running in a black alley. It was him. It was him. I had another person and he looked at me and he said, go the other way, go the other way. I'm gonna go this way. And when I went the other way, the police grabbed me, threw me on the ground. Hmm. That dream was so real that I woke up crying my head off. Like I was crying because I literally thought I was going to jail and that my son was never going to see me again or my family. The dream was very real. Um, I had another dream that was very, very real where, um, my mom came to my apartment that I was living in at that time. She was holding my nephew who at the time was an actual baby. And my son was a little bit shorter. And I remember she had her arm around my son and she was holding my nephew. And though it was a cop, it was a white cop. I was under, I was on the ground dead under a black body bag. They pulled it back. My face was bruised and beaten. And the cop asked my mother, is this her? And my mother cried and said, yes. And then my son started crying and I woke up. Once again, a very real dream. Once again, everybody in my family looked how they looked at that time. And once again, it was in the apartment that I was living in at that time. So if you are a millennial, Gen Z, I'm going to speak to you guys for a minute. Because oftentimes I think that we do not believe the supernatural experiences that our grandparents and our parents had. We think that that is foolishness. We think that that is crazy. We think maybe grandma was drinking on some of granddaddy whiskey in the back shed. I am telling you firsthand that I had real live, legit supernatural experiences while I was dating this person because God knew that I was going to die in this relationship. And he started warning me from the beginning. But here is the thing. When it really started to get real, when it really, when it was getting to the point that whatever plot 
that was on my life was almost coming to me. Listen, the dreams and the visions was no joke. When I tell you I have never been more in tuned with my gift like I was when I was with this person. God literally wanted to save my life. He wanted to save my son's life because he knew, he knew. So I had a dream one time that a house that he quote unquote works out of was all red. And for me, when I see red in a dream and it's a negative dream, that means bloodshed. That means negativity. Nothing good is going to come from it. Death, all of that. So I knew when I saw this normal blue house be completely red, I knew immediately while I was dreaming that this was a warning dream and it was a scary dream. In the dream, I saw a group of cops running they, they, it was uh, it was like SWAT. They had the shields, the guns, the mask. It was uh, a group of them on the left side of the house and a group of them on the right. And they ran around the side and they kicked the door in and I woke up. So I knew immediately that something was going to happen at this house and that things were going to start tumbling down. I knew that the domino effect of how he lived was coming now. Destruction and warning was coming now. I knew that it was coming. So I started the process of removing myself. Now, I'm going to come back to the story of the house. One day we were at a hotel because when you date these type of dudes, they don't know stability. All they know is money. So it's not like he had a house in the country for me to relax at. We lived our lives on the road. That's what we did. And we were at a hotel, a nice hotel, I might add. And um, we were watching the fight. I don't know. I can't remember who fight it was, but it was a fight. And he wanted to watch it on my phone because I had access to it and he did not. And the hotel didn't have access. And he went through my text and through my messenger on Facebook. And he saw a message between my ex and I that we had in the beginning of his relationship, um, in the beginning of him and our relationship. So I was like, why are you going through my phone, number one? And number two, this is in the beginning when you and I first met. That don't even count. I didn't even know you. He got mad and said that I was cheating on him. And (laughs) oh boy, when I tell you, the whatever demons this boy hid, they came all the way out when he saw those messages. He just knew that I was a cheater, liar, that I was using him for money. And it was just a whole mess. So I started to see a very, very terrible side of him that I never saw before. Let's keep this in mind. I knew that he was trash. I knew. I knew. And when I'm saying trash, I'm saying I knew that his mouth, his behavior and the way that he treated me could be very trash. But this went next level after that night. It just became a very, very extremely toxic relationship. So it was always making jokes about me, always putting me down, putting down my looks. Um, Oftentimes I would send him pictures of me dressed up saying, hey, babe, how do I look? He would start to be insulting. Oh, I don't like that. You don't look good. Uh, No. Sending me text messages like this to completely break me down because he did not know how to 
uh, I don't think he knew how to really just number one, forgive people. And then number two, I just think he didn't know how to get in tune with the feelings that he was feeling. Instead of us talking like mature adults, he just felt insulting me and beating me down every chance he had, not physically, but mentally and emotionally and verbally. He felt that that was his way of getting me back. I had finally got to a point where I was tired. So it now, now is getting to that point where your money does not matter to me. Whatever you have to offer me does not matter to me. You can take everything you have ever purchased from me, take it out of my home. Just leave me alone. Because at this point, I am beat down emotionally. I am beat down verbally. And my self-esteem was beat down, but I still had a little ounce of dignity. And I was not going to let him take that as well. So. I started the process of blocking him, not responding to anything he has to say. Now, keep in mind, not only is this person a drug dealer and he is making his money by selling dope to people, no matter if it kills them, harms them, ruins their family, takes them away from their children, he did not care. He was all about his money. On top of him being all about his money, he is narcissistic. So I started to realize that emotionally he was just not there emotionally I felt like whatever feelings and heart this man might have had he he lost it a long time ago and he would give me stories about his about his childhood and I knew from the stories of his childhood that emotionally he was a very unhealthy person and if he felt like I crossed him it really really brought out the beast the coldness the evilness so We went through a lot of on and off. He would pretend like we were on. He loved me. He's sorry. Let's make it work. And then the very next day, he would do something very insulting, very disrespectful. He would say things that would break me down, make me cry, and then leave and wouldn't talk to me for a week or two. Again, I was already tired of him. But whenever he came to my home, he would knock and knock and knock, would not leave. And so it was hard for me to say no sometimes. What made it worse is he had a relationship with my son. So he would call my son sometimes and talk to him for hours. And then after he played the game of pretending like he really wanted to talk to my son for hours, he would ask my son, could he speak to me? And then that would be his way back in. And then it would be the same disgusting cycle. So the dreams never stopped. Almost every night I had a dream while I was in this relationship. For two years on and off, I would have the worst dreams. But again, towards the end of the relationship, when I started to see this man for who he really was, And I started backing up a little bit, leaving him alone. This is when the dreams got more intense. So I blocked him um, and my mom calls me and she says, hey, you need to call. You need to call him. And I said, why? What? I mean, I don't I don't want to talk to him. What's up? 
So she was like, he says it's an emergency. He needs to talk to you. So I start to get a little nervous because I am in tune with my emotions and I did have love for this person. I was falling out of love with him, but I did still have love for him. And I also loved his daughter. So I was hoping that it was nothing tied to his family or his daughter. And I did want to make sure he was okay. So I reached out. Because again, he was blocked. So he had to contact me through my mother or a fake number. And he did do that a few times as well. But anyway, so he calls me and he says, guess what? The house got busted by the police. And I said, oh, I'm not surprised. And he was like, why are you not surprised? I said, because I told you about my dream. And then he remembers and he says, wow, you did dream about this happening. Yeah. So after that house is busted, a good friend of his, his house is busted by the police as well. And it became a legit domino effect of his whole little quote unquote empire falling and failing. Now, did I absolutely reap the benefits of his lifestyle? Yes, I did. I did receive gifts. I did have bills paid. I did go on awesome road trips. I did eat really good. Did I also reap the benefits of his abuse? Yes. Yes, I did. Because there's no way a man is going to give you the world (laughs) as an abusive man and you just don't take his abuse. Oh, no, it does not work like that. So, of course, I reap the benefit, quote unquote, of being verbally abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused and dealing with narcissistic behavior and dealing with narcissistic distance where he would just completely not talk to me and ignore me. And I dealt with this for a long time because why would he buy me all that he was buying me and not ruin my life in the process? (laughs) Now, that wouldn't be fair, huh? So he goes to jail again. And y'all are so many missing things of this story. And they're just going to stay missing. <laughs> I have an overall point for this. I'm not going to get too deep in all of this. Um, But he goes to jail again. And he calls me on the phone. Oh, no, I missed something. I do want to tell this. So he calls me randomly because we get to a point where we don't talk anymore. We don't really talk. Um, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm, you know, talking to other people. Don't really care if I talk to him or not. Not crying anymore. Slowly but surely kind of getting over him. Like, yeah, all right, I'm over it. <laughs> like, you you can do what you want. Um. So he calls me, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he calls me while I'm at work and he says, hey, I need you to pick me up. And I'm like, for what? And so he explains to me what's going on. You know, you got this domino effect and then some more things happen. And basically he's like, listen, I need you to pick me up. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll pick you up. So I pick him up. No, I'm sorry. So I get ready to pick him up. I get off work. I go home, freshen up, um, change my clothes. And all of a sudden, his mom calls me. And I love his mom. To this day, I love her. So 
I'm happy to hear from her because I'm like, oh, she's randomly calling me. Okay, cool. So she goes, they got him. And I immediately knew what she was saying. I immediately knew who they was. And I said, okay, I'm going to call you back. I got off the phone with her. And I was just waiting all that day for a jail phone call. Because I knew it was coming because he just got locked up. So, um, he calls me because he uh, is in jail. And he's like, you know, baby, we're going to be okay. We're going to work it out. You know niggas lie when they get in jail. You know, we're going to get married. <laughs> oh, now we're going to get married. Okay, okay. So, y'all... You know, like, I fell for the okie doke <laughs> for, like, five minutes. So I was like, nigga, you ain't gonna marry nobody. But anyway, so he's in jail. And um, I'm like, all right, all right. I was already going through something at that time. So him being in jail did kind of add to the depression and the anxiety. Um Although I knew it was all BS, I knew that, you know, now he was in jail. He wasn't out being the stunt king and doing this and doing that. And he wanted to rely on me to be there and quote unquote hold him down. So I kind of knew I was like low key being used, but I decided to stick around. So He's calling me and we're just having casual conversation. We're talking about life. We're talking about his situation and uh, pretty much what's going to happen. So I uh, had to use his car. And he's calling me. And I'm telling him, like, listen, this car is having issues. Um, it doesn't have air. It's like 100 degrees here right now. And I'm I'm all sweaty and hot when I get to work. Like, you know, something has to give or whatever. And he's like, well, um, he's fussing at me, yelling at me, just calling me names, making me feel stupid and crazy for his car having the issues that it's having. So... I get to a point where I'm like, okay, you know who this man truly is. So it's like, I started to tell myself, don't let these sweet little cute conversations uh, fool you because you know who he truly is. And so once again, those demons and those struggles that he, you know, he had, he was never able to hide them for long. So the nastiness and the disgusting things that he loved to say to me eventually came out. Okay. This is when I am really, really on the, hmm, I'm really, I'm not going to say on the, I'm at the point of no return. Like I know that at this point, if I don't get you out of my life in all of way, it always is, I'm never going to get you out. And it's going to be a constant battle of knowing what's right and being stuck 
in a bad soul tie. So I started to ask God to really show me if this man needed to be completely out of my life. And I mean, just even as a friend, I'm like, God, show me, please. So um, I'm driving his car and I start the process of getting a new car because um, it was tax time and I had the money and I'm like, I'm just going to get my own car, but I wanted to use the money for something else. So I was at this point, I was like, nah, I'm just going to sacrifice and use this money for a car. So I go to the dealership. I'm approved for several cars and I start looking at cars. I pick out a car. Um, I had to do go through some paperwork, some uh, some stuff I had to get in order for me to actually get the car. So it took maybe like I'd say about a week for everything to go through and for me to be able to drive the car. So in the meantime, I'm still driving his car with no air and it's a hundred something degrees where I'm at. So I'm just it was rough. It was rough that week. <laughs> so um I'm going through the glove compartment of his car because I believe I was stopped by police or it was, no, I'm sorry. I was not stopped by the police. It was a, um, a roadblock. There was a robbery in the next town over and they had roadblocks on every corner trying to find, I guess the person or whatever. And so I went in his glove compartment and I grabbed the insurance for the, because normally when I used to do the roadblocks out in that area, I would just put the my license and the insurance and everything up to the window. I wouldn't even wind the window down. Just here you go. They looking, you know, whatever. So I uh, pulled out the insurance and I noticed a different name on the insurance. I was like, hmm, okay. Oh, now I need y'all to keep up because the night before, him and I had got into it because the car broke down and I'm crying my head off and begging God to reveal who he is. So pay attention. So the next day, I I have already that morning, I had already gone, been approved for the car, had already paid what I needed to pay, just had to get some paperwork and stuff cleared, right? That morning after I leave the dealership, I'm feeling good because I have my own car coming I go through the roadblock, look at the insurance, see a strange name on the insurance because it was funny because I always wondered who he got his insurance through. And I and I felt like he told me it was going to be in his sister's name. So when I saw this strange name, I was like, who the heck is this? So anyway, I showed the insurance, didn't think anything else about it, headed to work, whatever, feeling a little bit better because I know I have a car coming soon. All right. So he calls me that afternoon and I say, we're just having casual conversation. We don't even discuss the day before. And I say, hey, who is this person on your insurance? And he goes, he tells me who the person is. And I said, oh, okay. Didn't think anything about it. Didn't think it was weird. Didn't feel a type of way. I was just like, all right, cool. Um, So something was eating my spirit up. I leave home for work and it's like God kept telling me like, no, that name, that name is something. That name is something. So there's an app that you can use to speak to inmates. So 
he posted like some pictures on the app and I'm thinking it's just me that talking, that's talking to him. So I'm like, why is he posting a picture? That's retarded. I mean, then his bad quality looked like they, I don't know. I don't know if they use an Android for the camera because the quality of the pictures was a mess, but I go through the pictures and I see that there's like 12 likes or however many likes on a few of the pictures. And I'm like, who is this? <laughs> Lo and behold, it's the name on the insurance. Hmm. So I said, okay, let me do some research. So I look up the name on Facebook and I find the person. Okay. So I do more research, start putting, start putting two and two together and realize exactly who this person is and the role that she plays in his life. And it is more than what he was telling me. So the next day, I was super eager for him to call me because I wanted to tell him that I knew that the entire time, if not the entire time, for a while, he has been cheating on me with this person. What's even sadder is that the person stayed in the neighborhood that I lived in. Um, and that was just crazy. <laughs> that was so shady. Okay, so... Um, and y'all, I'm telling you, this was all God. Everything was so strategic with how it ended. So God suddenly told me, don't tell him that you know about her. And I'm like, no, God, I got to tell him because he needs to know that he caught up and I'm never going to talk to him again. And God was like, you asked for the confirmation. I've been giving you confirmation the entire relationship. <laughs> His actions alone should have been your confirmation. But soul ties are just not that easy. So God says, I've given you this confirmation right in your face. I don't need you to tell him, leave and don't come back. Ah, so the next day he calls me at around the same time because he knew I was headed to work. And he, we have a casual conversation. And then all of a sudden we get into it about the car again. Well, he got into it with himself and wanted to take it out on me. Let me say that. And while he's yelling at me, calling me names and talking trash, like he always does, the biggest smile came across my face. The biggest smile, because I knew that this was extra confirmation and I knew that this would be the last time I would ever hear his voice and he would ever hear my voice. Because at that point, I knew that this was it. This was it. See, what you're not going to do is you're not going to be a manipulator, a liar, a narcissist, verbally, mentally, and emotionally abuse me and then cheat on me. I think I could have let other stuff slide, but I mean, <laughs> you want to cheat? Okay. So at that point, something hit me and I knew when I was on that call, I said, I'm never going to speak to this man again. And I remember the last thing that I said to him was, is there anything else you feel you need to say to me? And he was like, nope, I don't have to say nothing. And he hung up the phone in my face. And that was the last conversation I had ever held with that man. <laughs> and listen, so the car 
belonged to, I guess, the person he was cheating with because it was in her name and the insurance and everything. And so uh, I parked the car and I had my new car and I let him, uh, you know, he would reach out to me. I would never respond. I would never respond. I would never respond. And um, one day he, I think he called me for my birthday. I would never respond. The car said, at my apartment for, I know, at least four months, maybe five months. It got to a point where I was going to get my cousin uh, to follow me to his mom's house to drop the car off because I was sick of the car just sitting there. So I I, I didn't touch anything in his car. I didn't take anything. Um, one day someone came up to me when I was coming home and was like, hey, uh, I'm here to get the car. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I recognized the, the I recognized the face. So I knew it was somebody that he knew. And I told him, I said, hey, uh, everything is in there. And I said, the key is uh, in the car, uh, in the visor. And he got the car and he left. We had no issues, no problems. He tried to call me. He tried to reach out to me. I deleted that app. I cut off all access. I wanted nothing to do with him him to this day i want nothing to do with him uh that same week when i got my car i was so blessed i was happy i was thanking god i was crying the car was uh it was only a year old the car was beautiful i mean cold air it was everything and the one thing that god told me he said i need you to remove everything that this person has ever given you because we need to completely break this soul tie and i removed everything and i mean i threw away things that was worth money but that's because i was told to do it by god i'm talking about a video game console clothes jewelry teddy bears flowers anything you can think of um sneakers god told me to throw it in the trash i thought well maybe i could sell it and get some money god told me to throw it away why god told me to throw it away i don't know y'all ask him and let me know but i'm only i was being obedient clothes i he was a tall guy so i used to sleep in a lot of his little t-shirts he would leave at my house god said throw those away and i did sneakers that he purchased for my son sneakers that he purchased for me uh, some of them brand new were tossed in the trash if the trash man came that day he got him he hit a lick because i threw everything away when I threw everything away, it started the process of me getting over him and breaking the soul tie. Now, let me be honest, for, for almost um, two years after him and I had broken up, he would try to reach out to me. And so I would get random phone calls from strange numbers. Um, I even had someone, one of his friends hit me up saying, hey, he wants to talk to you. He would try to add me on Facebook through his friend's page because he was blocked. He would do things to try to connect with me, but I refused. And to this day, when I say I would never, ever speak to this man again, I would never, ever speak to this man. Now, there's so much more to our story that I probably would never tell anybody. It's just some things I'm going to take to the grave. But there are so many reasons why I would never, ever speak to this man again. But just hearing the, the things that y'all heard, that should have been enough anyway. But there are other things on top of that. So listen, 
It took me a long time to get over him. I definitely had moments where I would think about him. I would miss him. Um, If I went through a financial hardship, I would definitely be tempted to reach out to him. And I'm telling you, God would always open doors for me where I would never have to reach out to this man. And I am so, so thankful. Let me say this to you, ladies. If you are dating a drug dealer and he is offering you money and gifts and your kids love him, keep this in mind, okay? If you are in jail, if you are dead, you are no good for nothing. You're no good for kids. You're no good for anything. If you are in a situation where you can go out and get a better job or you can get some help, do it. If you have to move back in with your mother just so you can temporarily get on your feet, do it. But do not stay with a drug dealer, okay? Because if you get stopped in the car with this person and he has drugs on him, the police is definitely not going to listen to the drug dealer telling him, oh, nah, she has nothing to do with it. Y'all are both going to jail. Y'all are both going to jail. And while you're in jail, all the nice gifts that he purchased for you, they're going to just be sitting there. Or, of course, it's going to be confiscated by the police. And then if you ever get out of jail, neither one of you are going to have access to that. Because the police is going to assume that you purchased this car, this house, or anything else you may have with that drug money, and you are not getting it back unless you can prove otherwise. And that can be a long process. I know that it's very easy to find the drug dealing lifestyle cute. It is very easy to find it fun, and it is very easy to reap the benefits. But baby, everything comes with a price. Everything comes with a price. If you think for one second, because I got away from him and I didn't go to jail and that I didn't end up dead, that my life was a breeze after that. Absolutely not. I went through hell mentally, emotionally after this relationship ended. Yes, I was very brave to leave, but the hell that I went through, the thoughts that I used to have and the trauma that I experienced from that relationship was very, very much so real. It is not something that goes away easily. And I thank God that I did not have children with him and that I was able to completely drop him and move forward with my life. If you have children with a drug dealer, get your children away from him from that situation and allow him back in their lives when they are ready to be real men and get a real job. Let me say this also. I'm not going to say that drug dealing is not a real job and that it's not hard. It's just a little bit faster money, but it can be a job. It can be just like a nine to five where you are working all day and you are tired at the end of the night. But baby, you are either ruining somebody's life with drugs or possibly killing somebody if they overdose. You do not want to be a part of that dynamic. Listen to me. This is coming from somebody who have dated several drug dealers. And I mean, drug dealers that were heavy hitters. And I thank God that I am able to get, I am able to sit here now and tell my story because so many women don't have that opportunity. One of my coworkers told me that her first cousin was 24 years old and pregnant. A guy kicked in the door, shot and killed her and stole her boyfriend's drugs and money while he is still alive. So you lost your life. Your baby lost your life because you want to be a part of a lifestyle that we think is fun. And it is not. It is not. 
I initially didn't know that my boyfriend was a drug dealer. When I found out, I should have left, but instead I stayed. To any of my ladies, if you don't know, if you suspect it, find out and leave. Leave. I have asked God to forgive me for the things that I've seen and I haven't said anything. I have asked God to forgive me for being at places that I shouldn't have been at following behind this person. And I am free from what I was, I felt for a long time. I'm free for that, from that bondage. But if you are in that situation, leave before it kills you. Do you know if I would have stayed in this relationship based on the dreams that I had of my own death or me possibly going to jail? Do you know that my kid could have lost two of his parents before the age of 21? Hmm. So listen, this is real talk. I play all day. I joke all day, but this is real talk. Leave. If you having dreams, if you having visions, if you just feel in your spirit that something is not right, baby, it's not. It's not. Okay? I don't care about the trips. I don't care about getting flued out, <laughs> like the girl said. I don't care about any of that anymore. I want a real man with a legit job who's going to come home and not put me or our family in danger. For me to be this transparent, I know that my mother is cringing because I'm I'm being very transparent. I'm telling some some stuff that I would never I've never really told anybody else, but maybe close friends. But I'm putting myself out there for a reason because too many women are glorifying this lifestyle. And it's a lot of women that's lost their lives that not have the opportunity to tell their story. I almost lost my life and I'm telling my story. Those dreams were very real. And I knew for a fact, if I would have stayed with this man, this would have been my demise. So hear me when I say this, do not go back. Do not go back. So guys, I'm really excited because I'm going to start a new podcast series. I'm going to save the name for when I actually roll it out, but it is going to be for everybody. But um, I'm going to be looking for women who want to tell their stories. So guys, please reach out to me because this is really going to be a big deal. I'm really excited about what it's going to do. So um, yeah, this is kind of, this is kind of like, you know, the introduction to what's coming. But again, I want to thank you guys for your time. You can be giving your time to anything else besides myself. And the fact that you give it to me means everything. So I hope that you all have a wonderful day. And as y'all can see, I did not cry. Aren't y'all proud of me? I sound so ugly when I cry. So y'all should be proud of me for real. But anyway, I hope that you all have a great day, that you are blessed. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Also leave reviews and also share with someone who you feel may need it. If you guys have any questions, you can also email me at Elizabeth R. Gunter, that is G-U-N-T-E-R at gmail.com. I will gladly uh, talk to you about anything if you just need someone to talk to, if you need resources on how to get out, if you're a, if you're a parent and need resources sources for just being a single parent and need help i would try my best to help you because y'all listen leave god has better for you and i am living proof of that so have a great day and thanks for listening